Welcome in DNVR Broncos schedule release party presented by MSU Denver. Shout out to MSU Denver. Make sure you hit up MSU Denver for all of your needs when it comes to online education. Great program they got going on over there. And uh, I, I don't even, you don't even have to say it, Zach, because the people have already said it. My boy, Ryan, <laughs> let's do this, man. Oh, oh man. I'm, so, I'm oddly pumped for this. You know what? I see so many people online being like, oh, the schedule release party. Uh, and it's like, you know what? Just let us have this. Like, <laughs> we, we think this is going to be fun. We like this. This is enjoyable to us. Let people enjoy things that they like. And if you don't like it, that's okay. Just go do something else that you like. <laughs> if you don't like it, get out of here. Yeah, you can, you can get out. <laughs> um, all right. One minute, we assume, until the Broncos release the schedule. Zach, give me one hot take prediction that you haven't seen out there yet. Oh, man, a hot t- – how, how do you have a hot take prediction about a schedule? Oh, man, I'm going to say – okay, here we go, here we go. Uh, this isn't a hot take, but the Broncos are going to have way more primetime games than last year. Ooh, okay. My hot take is Broncos finish week 17 against Kansas City. Oh, okay. I like that. I like that, man. That That's how they should set it up, right? Yeah, well, I think that the, they're going to be of the belief that – that's going to be a game that could have some consequence. Of in all the AFC West games, that one has the best chance of being really, really important late. Yep, yep. And Ryan, the Broncos just dropped the schedule. Was that right? Let's see. No, no. Ending against another division rival, which isn't a surprise, but the Raiders. All right. There we go. Okay. Here we go. Let's run through it real quick as we got it here. And, of course, we'll circle back to all of this so you don't have to take notes or anything. But here we go. Week one, we knew this one. Monday night against the Titans. And, of course, it's it's 8-10. I thought it was normally 8-30. I feel like they're a little ambitious on the 8-10 start time there. <laughs> um, so that's going to be great. We'll talk about this more in a second. Week two at Steelers. At mm. Steelers week two. Uh, week three. Home to the Bucks. That's going to be a fun one. Tom Brady coming in. Week four at Jets. Week five at Patriots. Week six versus Dolphins at home. Week seven, Chiefs at home. There we go. Uh, right before Halloween. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and I should have said that the uh, Jets game there was Thursday night football. Um, that's the only other national game so far week eight is the bye there you go best bye week you can have week eight yep Yep. perfect week nine at falcons was supposed to be in london of course not anymore week 10 at raiders week 11 home to the chargers um that is just the week before thanksgiving and then week 12 versus the saints shortly after thanksgiving Week 13 is at Chiefs, and that one is Sunday Night Football in Arrowhead in December. That's not exactly fun. Um, week 14 at Carolina. That's a good one. That, Mace will be happy about that one. Hot weather game late in the season. Uh, week 15 against the Bills, and that's a flexible game there. Uh, week 16 at Chargers, and then week 17 Home versus the Raiders. 
Ah, love it. Love right. it. Go ahead. Give me your biggest takeaways. Uh, biggest ta- – well, hey, look. They have more primetime games, right? Or no? One, two, three. I got they three? Only, I only see three, yeah. Three pri- – and how many did they have last year? I couldn't tell you. <laughs> At least three. At least three, I think. The first thing that jumped out to me was I like – that you get a back-to-back road trip at the beginning of the season against two very beatable teams. That was the first thing that jumped out to me when you were reading through that schedule at Jets. And for the first time in two decades, to say at Patriots should be, I mean, heck, maybe they're 4-0 when you face them. But right now appears to be pretty good. So, hey, that's good because you knew you were going to have back-to-back road games at some point, right? And to get it early in the schedule, get that out of the way, and have it be two easy teams, I like that a lot. That I mean, you absolutely have to split those, right? Yeah, you do, but the the more I look at this, there are three two-game road trips, quote-unquote. You've got that one, then you've got Week 9 and 10, Falcons Raiders, and then you have Week 13 and 14, Chiefs and Panthers. And I see one game of all of those six games, one game is absolutely brutal. And, uh, of course, that's the Chiefs in Arrowhead on Sunday night football at Panthers the following week. I mean, it stinks you're coming off kind of a short week, but come on. The the Panthers are not, not a tough they're, team. They're tanking for Trevor. They should be. Falcons? Um, eh, I've never been high on the Falcons. And then we know the Raiders. Hey, that's nice. Las Vegas week 10. That's not bad, huh? Yeah. See you there. Look <laughs> that trip up ASAP. Um, so that was one thing that stood out to me, but you're right. Only one game in there is a gauntlet. And I got to say that is by far my least favorite game on the schedule. And and maybe at that point, I don't know, the Broncos are, uh, 12 and, uh, 11 and 0 and you know, it's <laughs> the game of the season, but on first glance, I look at that and say, man, that's a tough one. Not only are you going to Arrowhead in December when it's freezing, you're going to Arrowhead in December when it's freezing and it's dark out. And <laughs> that's just not going to be a fun game. It's just not not going to be a fun place to play at that time. Um, my A couple things here. One, the bye week. Wow, thank you. That is, a, that is you know, a bye week, it seems like nothing. But today is the day that the bye week matters most. Putting where this thing matters. Because if you get one of those week five buys or, you know, a super early buy or even a super late buy, you start to worry about how this could affect your condition, you know, your, uh, the condition of your team, injuries, fatigue, all that stuff. Broncos, you know, won the draw when it comes to the, the week eight buy. That's perfect for me. And then. Especially really quick, Ryan, especially with that week eight buy coming right before back to back road trips. Yes, absolutely. And we had heard, um, kind of some rumors about how the front end of the schedule would be stacked with the more meaningless games in terms of, of the repercussions of those games. And that turned out to be true. Yesterday, it was that it was all going to be AFC versus NFC. That was a little much. But look, the Broncos don't play a division game until week seven. So you have... All of these games, Titans, Steelers, Bucks, Jets, Patriots, Dolphins, before you ever play a team in your division. And I would assume I'm not looking at all the other schedules right now, but I would assume as you look around the league, that is uh, that is pretty consistent. So I kind of like this um, for 
a, f- a couple of reasons. First of all, you, we don't know what training camp is going to look like, how comprehensive it's going to be. I like the fact that, of course, you have four preseason games, but you also have a nice little, almost a second preseason. Obviously, the games count a lot, yeah. but you're going to be able to ease I hate using words like this. It's going to be a little easier to get your feet under you before you really have to dive into the division race. Well, and how about this? Today, Mace made the argument, I guess on yesterday's pod, Mace made the argument that that the inter-conference or that the games in the AFC that aren't against the AFC West and aren't against the same division that you're playing, that the AFC West is playing, are the least important games on the schedule. And look, that's the Titans game in week one. And that's the Jets game or no, that would be Steelers. the Steelers game in week two. So boom, you get those off, off your plate right away. According to Mace, those are the two least important games and you get them done right away. Why did Mace say that those were less important than the NFC games? Because in tiebreakers, uh, when we're talking about division tiebreakers, head to head is more important and you don't play the same teams. You don't play those two teams head to head. Mace always <laughs> and Mace will join us here shortly. Uh, so we'll, we'll have Mace on here to uh, tip his cap for calling that. But there you go. I love this Monday night Titans game. Now, there's a lot of debate going back and forth on whether that late Monday night football game is actually, you know, uh, an enjoyable experience. For me, from a fan perspective, in my opinion, the later the game, the better. Like, I, the more time you have to lead up to it in the day, I like it. There's, you know, you could, uh, you have more time to pregame. You have all this stuff. From our perspective, when our job doesn't really start until the game ends, it's a little rough. But <laughs> yeah. I like this late Monday night game. And I think that, that Drew Locke is going to be able to make a national statement in that game that, you know, he's here. He's arrived. Uh, and we've talked about him being under rated and slept on so much during this offseason well he has a chance to go out there week one with a new arsenal of weapons and say here i am and i'm excited about that ryan it's just what we talked about this week what does drew lock need to do in order to get national recognition well he needs to go out on prime time and he needs to beat the hall of fame quarterbacks or go toe-to-toe with them at least just one of them that that's all he needs to do uh, on national television, if possible, but he needs to do that. Look how this sets up. Week one, primetime. Drew Locke gets to be on primetime. Week two, going against Ben Roethlisberger, Hall of Fame quarterback. Week three, the Bucks. Tom Brady, he gets a chance to beat the GOAT. And then week four, it's against the Jets, but it's on Thursday night. Look at that. So we didn't even know when we had this conversation how the schedule was going to play out, but the schedule makers are saying, Drew, if you want to prove yourself, here you go. It's right here. These first four games of the season, if the Broncos uh, get off to a good start, like they're actually good at doing, even when they're bad, this is the perfect opportunity for Drew Locke to say, hello world. My name is Drew Locke and I'm going to be here for a couple decades. Yep. Exactly. I love that. You know, four games in a row right off the bat that are potential statement games and you don't need to go four. No. Um, but if you go three and one, Uh, heads are turned and you know you and I might be a little hesitant uh, just based on the Broncos hot starts in the first four games (laughs) in recent years except for of course this last year but 
uh, you go three and one there, and you have sent a message for sure. I got to say, I'm looking at this, Zach. I'm seeing uh, 15 and one at worst. <laughs> so where's the one? Is it that one uh, yeah. dreaded game we talked yeah. about? Yeah, that's the uh, that's the <laughs> at. No, I'm just kidding. We will, of course, go game by game in the second segment and Wait, give you're, out. You're kidding. 16 and oh? Yeah. Is that is that <laughs> okay? Okay, gotcha. Uh, we're gonna go game by game in segment two and, and give our. Um, not early at all picks, perfectly timed <laughs> picks, as I would call them. Uh, and then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see where we end up on the record here. But um, other well, things that stand out to me is this week seven game against the Chiefs. Again, you know, you're talking about early season statements. This is fun. This is the week of Halloween. We know that um, Mile High gets a little, just like goes up a half a notch, maybe even a full notch, a little bit rowdier. Uh, when Halloween starts to come around. So that one, again, if you get off to a hot start here, because I see one, two, three, four, four out of the first six games, very winnable in my opinion. And then you get to this week seven game. If you're rolling and, and the Broncos are who we think they can be, that is going to be an extremely hyped up matchup. It will be. And like you said, Ryan, at home, that's going to be a blast. And right before the bye, I mean, come on, that there's going to be just that little extra juice from the fans, but also from the players, knowing that they can leave it all out there and they get a week off. Oh, Ryan, could you imagine if you're a player and the Broncos are, you know, even a 500 team at this point, they're three and three, they're four and two, what it could mean to go into the bye beating the Chiefs, no matter what their schedule is looking like, that would be huge for the Broncos. And then, yeah, you do come off the bye with back-to-back road games. But, man, if you're coming off a win at the Chiefs, that, that'll be absolutely huge. And then, also, that'd be fun for fans getting to sit back for a week and just soak in as the national media talks about the Broncos just beating the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, you know, you'll that game could very well be a turning point in the season. Um, let's just say, hypothetically, you're 4-2 and two going into that. Okay, you end up five and two with a win over the Kansas City Chiefs going into the bye week. Everyone's talking about you like a contender. You feel like you're a contender. You got two winnable games coming out of that, even though they're on the road. Uh, and then you've got the Chargers at home. So really three in a row games that you have a great chance of winning. Like that's the beginning. Now you're four and two, you come out four and three. Okay, now you know you're more on pace to maybe what most people think you are, which is a five hundred ball club. So that game to me is really going to be, I have a feeling, um, a barometer for the Broncos. Yep, yep, it, it will. I mean, and look at how these how these first seven games profile for the Broncos. There's four very winnable games on there. You have the Titans. Well, Broncos completely dis- uh, uh, dismantled them last year when they played at home, had a shutout against them. It is a little bit of a different team. Uh, but still, the, the the roots of that team are still there. So that's a winnable game. And I'm not going to go through saying whether it's a win or a loss. Steelers, who knows what Big Ben is? I mean, maybe he, he's tripping over his beard by, by week two of next year. Jets, very winnable game. Pats, very winnable game. We still got you. Did you lose me? No, we got you. Oh, maybe we lost Zach. Okay. Well, uh, we'll get Zach back here in a second. And he was kind of talking about, you know, these these games that you're going through here. Um, 
Jets, very winnable. Pats, very winnable. Miami, very winnable. Tennessee, the Broncos, I'll, I'll touch what after I say this, but the Broncos almost never lose in week one at home. So there it is. Those are the four games I kind of talked about there in the first six. And at Pittsburgh, that's a tough one. Um, and, of course, Tampa Bay at home is going to be tough as well. But you start the game – you start the season – with four out of six games that I think you should win, and then you get Kansas City. Like I was saying, this is the ultimate test for the Broncos. It's the first in the division game. That is exciting. That is extremely exciting that you're going to have a game like that to kick off the division. You know, aside from what I said about your record, and you could maybe come out of that five and two, but you really would have a chance to send a message to the Chiefs that this year is not going to be like the other years. Obviously, the Broncos have lost quite a few games in a row to the Kansas City Chiefs. So to me, that is my number one game that I'm marking down as, okay, here's your chance. Week seven, no complaints about you know early in the season and how uh, you didn't have a great training camp and or a long training camp and uh, you, you know the the uh, Chiefs have had all this time to get ready and all of this stuff, you know, and they've been meshing for years, blah, 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 blah. Nope. By week seven, you know, you should have a real chance to go get those guys while you're at home, while they, uh, you know, come in right around Halloween. Like I mentioned, that is the game. And then of course that week eight bye, you know, no reason to, uh, to leave anything out there on the field going into that bye week. Okay. Moving on here, uh, some other fun matchups. Obviously, New Orleans coming in right around Thanksgiving. Uh, I know the the media will be excited that uh, that they uh, that that the uh, Thanksgiving game is at home, uh, and that one should be really fun to bring in New Orleans again. You know, if you've just come off of three very winnable games, you have a chance to be hot there. That's at Atlanta, at Las Vegas, at L.A. Um, or sorry, home to uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, th- those are three games you should at least go two and one in, in my opinion. Uh, and then you've got New Orleans at home, another game that could be super hyped up. And then you just kind of fold over again into the next game, which is, of course, that Sunday night football game at Kansas City, at Arrowhead, which is going to be really tough. But again, if you take care of business in some of these games leading up to those games, you have a chance to make these really hyped up games. The good thing is after that Kansas City game, things kind of go back in your favor. Uh, at Carolina, you can uh, defrost from the cold of Kansas City. Then you go home to Buffalo and then at the Chargers, who, of course, you swept last season. And in my opinion, they only got worse in the offseason. So you finish at home with the Raiders, and that is uh, you know, seemingly becoming a tradition here. You finish with the Raiders at home and – Hopefully this time we aren't talking about whether or not the uh, the Broncos winning is costing them draft position or not. We're talking about their uh, their playoff seed. So I think we've got Zach back. Let's see if we can uh, we can hear from him. You got you got us, Zach. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Oh, what? Man, what happened there? The the headphones lied to me, Ryan. They said they're like ones that have to be charged, uh-huh. and they they said they were full full. Uh, power and they died 10 minutes in Jeez, that is a terrible omen 
Oh, and now my hair is all poofy and oh my gosh. Well, Ryan, you, you killed it. Thanks for uh, keeping us alive when I died. Yeah, I don't know. The ratings went up when you were off. I think I might just take it take it myself from here. Sorry, Zach. Thanks for uh, everything you've done and uh, we'll, we'll hope, wish you the best in your next uh, venture. I'm going to, I guess I'm just going to go enjoy some Brett Brews. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Um, okay. I was, we were talking about the lead up to that Kansas City game. I kind of took your lead there, but like I said, four out of six of those are very winnable leading up to that game. Yeah, including the two right before the Chiefs. So let's say you can't beat the Chiefs in week seven. Well, that's okay because you'll be two and one going into that bye week at the Chiefs. And so that's fine. That's, that's totally fine. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, quickly. You mentioned Breck Brews. I want to give a shout out to Breck Brew, uh, the official fuel of DNVR, DNVR Broncos, everything we do here. Uh, we love Breck Brew. They always have our back. And if you're looking for something to quench your thirst as you pour over this schedule, Breck Brew is the place for you. We also love the Colorado Raptors and guys. I know big you're Raptors, dying. Guys. big Raptors guys. And I know you're dying for sports right now. You want sports so bad. You're craving this schedule. Well, unfortunately the first game isn't until September. So what you can do, why don't you learn a new sport with us right now as we take on this journey with the Colorado Raptors guys, it's such a fun sport. And why don't you hop in with us to learn our guy Colton Strickler is doing a great job covering the Raptors, not just covering the Raptors and telling us about the team, but teaching us about rugby, breaking down, doing basic one-on-one pods. So make sure to go on the DNVR.com, go to the Colorado Raptors coverage and cover it all on Twitter. Uh, Colton's everywhere. So make sure to check out the podcast, the DNVR.com and Colton on Twitter. All right. I believe we have Mace. So let's bring in Mace and see what he has to say here. Um, Mace, how are you feeling? How you, what do you think of the schedule? It uh, came out really as well as the Broncos could have hoped for, quite frankly. They don't have any three-game road swings. I like them opening at home. I like closing at home, as always. I mean, there are a couple of interesting stretches uh, taking a look at it. I think you go to that crunch of games where you have at Vegas, the Chargers at home, Saints at home, at Kansas City. That, that could be kind of tricky depending on how uh, the Chargers and Raiders are. And it's an in, that is an interesting five-game opening stretch, guys, when you really just start parsing it out. Of course, there are win plenty of winnable games there potentially. I like Tampa Bay in week three because you figure Tom Brady – is still going to be adjusting to that offense, adjusting to his receivers. Think back to when Peyton Manning first got to Denver in 2012. Early in the season, it was a bit ragged at times before things were figured out. So I like getting the Bucs early. But what I don't like is after playing the Bucs, having to go to the Jets on a Thursday night, that is a long-ass trip on a short week going all the way to New York. And frankly, guys, Playing that game on a Thursday turned it from one that I would have been close to putting in Sharpie as a dub for the Broncos into a game they might lose. Yeah, that, you know, that is definitely not fun. I hadn't thought about the added miles there on the trip, although sometimes I think that's a little bit overblown. But uh, it, it definitely isn't fun to have to go in there on a Thursday night that early in the season for sure. Speaking of the the beginning of the schedule, what do you guys think of the Titans in week one? 
I thought that was a very, I wasn't surprised at the 8.30 start or at the 8.10 start, which will be 8.30 or 8.40, uh, as Ryan said earlier. But, and I was, I was a little surprised that it was in Denver, not blown away, but the Titans, I'm sure as an AFC, being in the AFC championship game last year, one, they're not pleased about it. And they're also on the East Coast. It didn't make sense to me. Well, they're in the central time zone. Now, no Eastern time zone team has played that late Monday night game since the NFL established it. But there have been a, a handful of central time zone teams that have drawn that game. I think Minnesota had it. Kansas City actually hosted the late Monday night game, I think, back in 2010, even though they were in the central time zone. So it's unusual to have a team that far east in the game but it's not something that is unprecedented i think for the titans it's a way to throw them a bone because you can say well hey here's another prime time game it's monday night football it might be late but here's a way to say okay you guys have got another prime time game even though they're nobody's definition of a spotlight team per se you're just kind of tossing them a little bone and saying okay prime time and the broncos They've been a good team to have in that late window on Monday Night Football over the years. It's a game that actually, as I started thinking about the schedule, it kind of made sense. And that's and when I saw Chiefs-Texans was reported for the first game on Thursday night, then I went ahead and tweeted out, you know, Titans-Broncos, another AFC West-AFC South game, might make a lot of sense there for week one. I love this uh, because I'm – the biggest believer that the Tennessee Titans are in for serious regression. Um, and the Broncos, as we know, maybe Mace has the stat, but I'll just say they're basically undefeated at home uh, in the the home opener in week one of the season. And I love the late game because I think it gets a little, a little more hyped up. I love it from my perspective because I get to watch the whole slate of Sunday games and even – a little bit of a Monday night game before the Broncos play. So I love this. And, and Mace, as we uh, go into the second segment here, we're going to go ahead and just make our perfectly timed, completely educated picks on what exactly is going to happen in these games. So I hope you're ready to uh, hop off the fence. Uh, well, it's always subject to change. There's the record we picked today. There's the record we're going to pick going into camp. There's the record we're going to pick coming out of camp. So this is this is prediction version 1.0. This is like a January mock draft. No, no, Mace. This is uh, this is it. There's no changing. You're oh, locked no. in. This, this, this isn't an it. I'm I'm declaring that this is not an it. Uh, that's 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 all right. We, we we obviously always do our final prediction on the last pod before the beginning of the season. So okay. you'll have plenty of time to, to change your mind. Okay. So we start Monday night football at home against Tennessee. The regression kings, and for me, this one's easy. Uh, Broncos start off the season one and zero, and and Drew Locke announces himself to the world. Yeah, the only unfortunate thing about this game is, just like the Pac-12, the East Coast will not be seeing Drew Locke in his first win to open a season. It'll be a win. Last year, remember how bad Marcus Mariota was? Yeah, Ryan Tannehill came in, as everyone knows, in that game. He had a 10 QBR, so don't make it out that Ryan Tannehill came in and was great. Okay, there's one thing, though, RK. I have to ask you this. You say the Titans are a regression candidate. They've been 9-7 and seven four straight years. Yeah, but I'm talking about just that, that, 
last slice where everyone thought they were, you know, the new thing in town. Okay, because to me, they're they'll probably be nine and seven again. They look like that sort of team, and that's why this game, even though it's in week one, it could have a lot of ramifications on the playoff race in terms of a head-to-head tiebreaker because I imagine the Titans are going to be a team that the Broncos are fighting with for wild card positioning. And how dominant are the Broncos when they open at home? 37-1 and when they play week one at home. Yeah, what a terrible way to start the season with a tie. The famous (laughs) tie of 1971 where the Broncos ran out the clock late against Miami and Lou Saban told media after the game, half a loaf is better than none. The infamous half a loaf game. That's the only week one tie for the Broncos that they've ever had. This won't be a tie. Broncos get the dub coming out. Their 31st week one home win in team history. The funny, Broncos. Full loaf. The funny thing, Mace, is Ryan and I were actually talking about the half a loaf game before this podcast. <laughs> uh, one of our favorite members. Uh, we're going full loaf week one. (laughs) All right. All the pasta, all the meatballs, all the bread. Exactly. Uh, the full loaf of bread. All right. Sunday, September 20th at Pittsburgh, Heinz field one o'clock. That's an early start that everyone always freaks out over. Um, that's a tough, that's a tough matchup there in week two. Well, and on top of that, yeah, it is the shortest, one of the shortest weeks you can have. Maybe actually the shortest week you can have, the 8-10 Monday night game. Then you start the next game at 11 a.m. on a travel. Uh, that's rough. And it's also rough because the Steelers are a, a good overall team. So, uh, Ryan, you said it's tough. I imagine that means it's a loss for you. It's going to be a loss for me. Yep. Yep. And there's another thing to consider on this. First of all, Zach, um, the sh- uh, in the shortest tr- week, uh, Thursday. Yes. It is. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. You're right. But for if you're playing on Sunday, you're absolutely right because you have that late Monday night game, and then this is scheduled to be an early afternoon game in Pittsburgh, 1 p.m. Eastern time. It is also going to be the Steelers' home opener because they open with the Giants on Monday night football, the game right before Bron- the Broncos play the Titans. So they're going to have a short week as well, but they get to be at home for the second game of that. And the other thing that's that's floating over all this is probably Big Ben's return to action in front of the Heinz Field fans. It's going to be emotional for, their, for the Steelers fans seeing their future Hall of Fame quarterback back in the lineup. I think that powers the Steelers to a home win. Broncos drop to one and one. I can't believe I just got maced on counting days of the week. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I heard, no, no, it's I me. It's that, not I'm you. Like, I heard that. I'm like, okay, I, should I say something? Should I say something? I, I, go, oh. I have this a, problem. I can't let this slide. I'm sorry. I must be a savant too because it was my first thought as well. Um, <laughs> and uh, You are pretty smart, Ryan. Don't sell yourself short on that. You're very intelligent. Well, thanks, thanks for thanks. leaving me out to dry there, Ryan. <laughs> Hey, Zach, you're the one who uh, had law school dreams. You're smart as well. <laughs> dreams. <laughs> you know it's what? always there for you if you want to do it. The, I can the... tell you I never dreamed of anything but going to see you, so you got me there. <laughs> All right, week three, Sunday, September 27th, uh, 225 start at home against Tampa Bay. Mm, and the interesting thing about this game 
if they're playing the the Bucks later in the season, I'm actually going loss. But playing them early in the season really helps because, hey, I, I picked them to go to the Super Bowl. But if they're going to be weak, it's going to be early in the season. I don't know where to go with this one. Uh, initially, I'm going to go, you know what? Tom Brady can't win in mile high. So I'm going to go a win. And this is where Drew really gets catapulted because some people will have watched him win uh, on Monday night to start the season. But a lot of people are going to be watching this one. So I'm going Broncos win this game. All right. Now, I, I want to look up something here. And so we're just kind of going, you know, the magic of, of a live show here. This game, I'm trying to see. You know what, guys? I'm not sure this is the primary national game, even though it's going to be 225. Because at the same time, unfortunately, Dallas at Seattle. Mm, that's a good game. Yeah. And so this, I would have loved for this to be the coming out party nationally for Drew Locke. And maybe people are going to become aware if he has a big game in a head to head game with Tom Brady on the other sideline. But I don't know how many people are going to see this. If, if Fox is giving the nation, it's, it's allowance of cowboy football against Russell Wilson. That being said, it's a big game for the Broncos. It's going to be an emotional game, I'm sure. And the Bucks, I just see them starting off a little bit slowly as Tom Brady adjusts to them, as he adjusts to Bruce Arians' offense. I think the I, I think the Bucks will have at least one win because they play Carolina the previous week, so they won't come in desperate at zero two, and that'll help the Broncos as well. I think Drew Locke and the Broncos take the measure of Tom Brady and the Bucks. Yeah, you know. Uh... One thing that I think is really important to keep in mind here is that Tom Brady is completely and utterly washed. And that's just really important to remember as you think about this game. Uh, so for me, the Broncos move on to two and one. You don't want to catch Tampa Bay late in the year because that's probably when Tom can start cashing those AARP checks and he can buy a lot of avocado ice cream with those. But here, but there is one thing I'll point out. Tom Brady is 43 and he might be declining. But this is where I sure hope the Broncos have a healthy cornerback core going up against Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. And then the three-headed monster at tight end of Gronk, Cameron Bray, and O.J. Howard. This is a pass-catching unit that can cause the Broncos so, some problems. So cross your fingers that they're healthy in the, in, in, in the back end and also in terms of coverage linebackers. Guys, I'd wait. I, I can't let it happen. I can't, I can't have all of us be doing that. So... I gotta pick Tampa Bay. Whoa, whoa uh, I'm this gonna... is final. Yeah, yeah, I know it's final after we move on no. to week four, but I'm <laughs> stepping in. I'm stepping in, going loss here. All right, Broncos start one and two, according to Zach. Mm -hmm. uh, all right, Thursday night. We mentioned this one as a tough one, uh, and the more I thought about it, the more I actually agree with Mace on how tough this game is. Uh, quick turnaround all the way across the country. Thursday night football. And, uh, you know, a New York Jets team that we'll see with them. You know, I think they're going to they're gonna have high expectations for themselves. So uh, I'll, I'll start off here. Uh, I'm marking this one down as a loss. It's going to be a frustrating loss. Uh, and just one of the ones that we'll probably hop on the podcast the next day and just say, this one, it was a schedule loss. It just, it just didn't line up for the Broncos and, and it just wasn't their day. 
Well, here's what we're going to be saying going into that game is, look, the Broncos are one and two, but they're better than their one and two record. They played the Steelers tough on the road. That was going to be a tough game. And they played the Bucks really tough, but Tom Brady had the ball in, it, in his hand at the end of the game. So they're going to be better than this Jets team, and they're going to be much better than this Jets game. So they're actually going to come out of this game with a win, despite it being a short week on the road. I salute your optimism, Zach, but I'm also looking at this, and I know this is sort of the overplayed angle, but saying, okay, you have Tom Brady and the Bucks right before this, and then the week after, you're going to go play the New England Patriots. It just feels kind of like a donut game, and Someone who will be up for this game, of course, as we know, is Adam Gase there coaching the New York Jets. He'll pull out all the stops. I think the Jets get the win here. Well, I think John Elway is going to tell Vic Fangio, stomp on his throat. Ooh, that's exciting. (laughs) Um, Man, that's going to be a tough game. But you just got me excited about it, Zach. So thank you. Um, Sunday, October 11th at New England, Gillette Stadium, the fighting Brian Hoyers. No, it's actually Jarrett Stidham that I guess is expected to be the quarterback for this game. You know, I've always thought that Bill Belichick was the guy who got those gears moving. You know, in the great Brady versus Belichick debate, I side with Belichick. With that said, I don't think he is a, a magician. Um, I'm not seeing a rabbit out of the hat with Jarrett Stidham and the Patriots this year. I think the Broncos go in here and get the dub and move on to what do I have them at here? Uh, three and two. Three and two. All right. There we go. And, and the Broncos will be three and two in my eyes, coming off a two game win streak with this back to back road wins on the East Coast. No one would have ever guessed this would happen, but they do it because I don't think Bill wants this team to be good. I think there's a reason they didn't touch quarterback this offseason besides picking up Brian Hoyer. I think it's all in the plan, and that plan is to uh, maybe not get smashed every game, but not be too, not be super competitive, get a quarterback next year so the Broncos get the win and help Bill out in his quest. One thing to consider about this, guys, the Patriots coming into this game, two of their previous three games going into the Bronco game are at Seattle and at Kansas City. In between those two, a home game with the Raiders. The Pats might be beaten up and in a little bit of a funk in a way that they haven't been in a long time when they come into this game. And I think the Broncos are going to capitalize on this and they're going to get the win over the Patriots. I believe that would be their first win in Foxborough since 2006. Jake Plummer was the quarterback, guys. Wow, that'd be something else. Yeah, th- I mean, again, I, I just, I'll be, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll really have to take my cap off to Bill Belichick if he can pull it off this season. But, Zach, your theory almost sounds a little more tasty. I just, can he really let himself tank a season while Tom Brady goes like 12-4 and four or something like that? Which, obviously, I'm not expecting because he's washed. But... <laughs> You know, is that is that going to be okay? Can he's can his ego handle that with Tom's first season out of Tampa Bay? If he can step back and just look at the big picture and say, "Man, if I just have one bad year, but then come back with Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields and just light it up for another decade before I retire, it's probably worth it." But you know what's yeah. interesting? I was wondering how many primetime games the Patriots would get. They got five. 
Wow. They got, maxed, they got maxed out. That's wow. stupid. I would way rather watch Drew Locke than the Patriots this year. And by the way, the last Monday night game of the season is Pat's Bills. What? In week Oof. 16. And I you can't you flex not. those, can you? No. No. You're, oh. you're stuck with that. That's bad. What are they doing? <laughs> Did they forget? <laughs> well, the, the weird thing is, like, I, I look at the Patriots, and I could, I can buy into the conspiracy theory that they're trying to tank, but they've got a hell of a defense, and it's all coming back for the most part. Their defense should be enough to where their floor is 6-10. and 10. Not abject, not in position for Trevor Lawrence or even Justin Fields. Well, it's maybe really kind of bizarre here. Maybe people suspiciously will get hurt on that defense at the beginning of the year. Oh my God. I, I just, <laughs> how do they get five? The Broncos get three. Yeah. That's, that's garbage. All right, let's move on here. Sunday, October 18th, home to the Miami Dolphins and possibly to Otagavaloa. That's it. That'll be a fun game. You know, there's so I love the young quarterbacks in this year. Um, somehow, like watching a Bengals game sounds entertaining. Watching a Dolphins game sounds entertaining. This will be fun. Um, I, I'll go first here. And uh, just what I said before, when we were kind of breaking things down, I think you have a chance to go four and two heading into this game against the Kansas City Chiefs. And so there it is for me. I will mark this one down as a win for the Broncos. They beat. Tua and the Dolphins. Yeah, for me, for me personally, I hope the Broncos don't beat Tua. I hope they're they're just letting Tua rest for a little bit, and the Broncos take care of Ryan Fitzpatrick or who knows, maybe it's Josh Rosen at that time. But they will get the win here. Yeah, I feel pretty good about this, and it's obviously not a spotlight game. This is one of the two o five kickoffs uh, that is on the schedule, so not going to a a huge audience. But this should be a comfortable win, and uh, Broncos will be feeling pretty good about themselves if they can take care of business against Miami. I guess I'll just share quickly something I said on DNVR Bets Daily the other day, which, of course, you guys can catch tonight at 9 p.m. if you want to tune in. And every night at 9 p.m., we do DNVR Bets Daily, giving you out uh, some of our favorite lines on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Anyways, I said I said it this way. Home games – Against bad teams, I always pencil in as a win. Home games against average teams, I usually pencil in as a win. Home games against really good teams, that's a toss-up. And the opposite is true for away games. Uh, Away games against really good teams, definite L. Away games against average teams, likely L. Away games against bad teams are toss-ups. So that's kind of my theory as I go through here. And that leads us to this game, which again, I think is... The most important game on the schedule. Sunday, October 25th, Kansas City Chiefs, mile high, 225. The game of the year, in my opinion. A lot lot will be built up into this game. So we all have them four and two entering this game as well. That'll be so much built up. And they're coming on for a two-game win streak. And all of our eyes, it's going to be so electric and so fun but but the Chiefs do it one more year uh they get the win in Denver they've had no problem winning in Denver although this is going to be a much better Broncos team it's going to be a very very close one but in the end the Chiefs are going to come away from this like we've talked about the Chiefs 
didn't really have that Super Bowl collapse and, and fall apart at this offseason. That'll likely happen next year. So they, they get the win this year. The last couple of games, of course, in this series were not competitive. This is going to be competitive. I wish I had not looked at the Chiefs' schedule and seen that they had a Thursday game the previous week. So it's not a bye, but they have that mini bye and they have that longer rest going in. So that's going to tilt me toward Kansas City in this game. But I think the Broncos give them a hell of a fight. And we're talking about, I hate to use this term, we're talking about a moral victory, Ooh. even if it's a defeat. <laughs> and and I think that's fair. You know, you, you really shouldn't talk about moral victories with a potential playoff team, which I think this team is. But in this very rare case, I think if you go toe-to-toe with them, put them on the ropes a little bit, and somehow Patrick Mahomes leads a crazy drive to beat you late, you don't you really don't have to hang your head leaving that game. Is this a silly question, but would you – rather have the Broncos lose 42 to 41 or would you rather have them lose 18 to 17? Uh, give me the 42 41 any day of the week. <laughs> but not from your perspective, from what would look the best. Still, yeah. still I stay with that. Because then Drew, Drew lit it up. Yep. And I haven't given my take yet here, but as much as I really want to chalk this up as a win, and when the week actually comes around, I'm probably going to say they're going to win. But this one, I think, as, I, as I'm as i looking on paper here, this one probably has to go down as a loss. This is the biggest surprise to me. I thought you were definitely going to chalk this one up to a dub. I thought about <laughs> it. I, I, I did. And honestly, what changed my mind was seeing that they had 10 days between the previous game and this one. Yeah. That's a great I, point. Andy Reid with extra time is deadly. I yeah, I don't know. I want to. It's just we're too far away from the actual event. Uh, it's too much logic in my mind. I don't know. <laughs> I'm proud of you, Ryan. Proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, week eight, big matchup against Bye. Uh, I think the Broncos take that one. Uh, week nine, Sunday, November 8th at Atlanta. And to me, I think this is a really good chance to go ahead and bounce back after that tough game. You you regroup, you're four and three, you go into Atlanta, you come out of it five and three, feeling really good about yourselves. Yep, you take care of business in Atlanta. Atlanta's in such a weird place right now. Maybe they were going to fire uh, their, their entire coaching staff last year, held on to them, and they may do that after this year. So the Broncos help them in doing that, and they get the win after the bye. It's going to be one of those swing games, even though the – Falcons are not in the same playoff uh, picture as the Broncos are being in the opposite conference, but it's a potential coin flip type of game. I don't like the fact that the Falcons previous game is on Thursday night football and their next game is a bye. So could get the Falcons best shot Could get a, a well-rested team at the same time. Atlanta, not the most intimidating place to play, even though they can close the roof there in Mercedes Benz stadium. I've got the Broncos pulling off the dub here, guys, and getting to 5-3 and three at the midway point. And it should be noted that this is one of those 11 a.m. games. Um, not ideal, but I think the Broncos will be well-prepared for this football game and, and go ahead and, and get the win to go to 5-3. and three. Drew Locke's best game was in an 11 a.m. game. Mm. He's, he's used to these early, early kickoff times because in the SEC, Mizzou had to play a fair amount of 11 a.m. Central time kickoffs uh, back there in Columbia, and he did all right in those. I'm going to say that 47 times this year. 
Thank you for that. That's great. I can't, I can't tell you how many times I've already seen on my timeline tonight about, oh, the Broncos have those dreaded 11 a.m. games. They're dreaded. They weren't, dread, no, they weren't <laughs> dreaded with Peyton Manning. That's true. Yeah. And Drew Locke has already come up bases, so I, I, I have faith. It's weird. If you have a good team, it doesn't really matter when you play. If you have a bad team, it doesn't really matter when you play. <laughs> Oh, no, it matters a lot because it gives you a good excuse as to why they lost. <laughs> all right. So are we all at five and three right now? Yes, yep. we are. Well, this is exciting. Um, <laughs> all right. Sunday, November 15th, uh, the first DNVR trip to Las Vegas. And whew, I'm already excited. Um, of course, against the Raiders. And to me, this is a win for the Broncos. Um, you know, going into the black hole used to be kind of scary. It's not scary anymore. You're just going into um, the the giant vacuum in the desert and sucking up a win. <laughs> sucking nice. up a win. I love that. And guys, oh man, this this is going to be a very very interesting game. Uh, I'm mm, I'm gonna go lost right here. I just think. We know that there's going to be a, a game that the Broncos should win. I think this is maybe one of them that they lose, and there's going to be a game that they lose that they should win. And I, I just, I'm just, i just going to go with this is one of the games that they lose that they probably should have won. Fair enough. Yeah, I, can't, I, I hate to uh, just blindly agree, but I kind of feel the same way as you, Zach, on this one, that this is a game that it just has kind of, slip up written all over it that you go into a new stadium you're you're kind of googly-eyed a little bit you're feeling good about yourselves at five and three and maybe you take this raider team too lightly also the raiders they might uh, be feeling pretty good about themselves they have a couple of road games previous to this but they're against the browns and the chargers they play the chiefs right after so they may feel a lot of urgency here i'm gonna go with the raiders in this but also i gotta point out one thing on the raiders why do they have two Sunday night football games and the Broncos only have one? They have four total primetime games. I mean, the Bron- we I've been saying it. We've been saying it. They're sleeping on Drew Locke, and it has never been more evident than it is right now. And, and it's up to Drew to make them regret it. Guys, would you right now, this is a stupid question. Would you rather watch Drew Locke and Jerry Judy uh, if you're a national person, or would you rather watch Derek Carr and Henry Ruggs? I mean – Drew Locke and Jerry Judy. Who wants to watch Derek Carr do anything? Well, no. and also you've got the Hamler factor. So the Broncos have that sort of vertical speed too. Yep. Go it's make them fun. regret it. I think that uh, there's a real chance for the Broncos to be one of the, you know, in in NBA they talk about league pass teams, like teams that are just, if they're on that night, you got nothing to do. You throw up, you put on their game. It doesn't exactly work like that in the NFL, but in terms of a comparison, I think the Broncos could be the league pass team. One of those teams that's just so exciting uh, that team that, you know, that when they come up on your red zone or whatever, you perk up in your chair a little bit, just because, you know, they might not be one of the best teams in the league, but their games are entertaining. I think the Broncos have a real chance to be that team this year. Totally agree. So Ryan, you're sticking with win. I've really flip-flopped a lot in my head after I said win, but I'm sticking with win. Love it. So Ryan, you got them six and three. Mason and I got them five and four. There we go. And then that takes us into Sunday, November 22nd, home to the Los Angeles Chargers. And 
Justin Herbert at this point, we can only assume. Uh, again, uh, you know, your classic 205 start in Denver. What do you got, Zach? Well, just like I've said that the Broncos are going to play a lot of good teams really close, this is actually going to be a close game. It's not going to be the blowout that, that some people may expect because that Chargers defense is really good. But Drew Locke's not going to let this one slip through his hands. The Broncos will get the win. This is one that I don't care whether it's Tyrod Taylor or Justin Herbert or, heck, if they go out and sign Cam Newton for giggles. Uh, I've got the Broncos winning this game, even though the Chargers are coming off a bye, so that's not a break in the Bron- Broncos' favor here. This is a game that they that I don't know if they win it comfortably because the Chargers' defense is going to be awfully good. Of course, this is the Chris Harris Jr. return game. I'm fascinated to see what kind of reaction he gets from the fans. I'm going to think optimistically that fans will be there for this game. But the Broncos, this is the maybe this is a, a kind of grinded out 17 to 10, 20 to 13 type of game. I want to talk about that. Does Chris Harris, <laughs> what kind of ovation does Chris Harris Jr. get in a world where there are fans at this game? I want to say, I bet. Oh, yeah, I want to say a good one, but he, he went to the Chargers, but it's, and- not, it's not the Raiders. He went to the Chargers. He kind of twisted the knife on the way out. He was threatening to go to the Chiefs, which none of that ever made any sense to me why he would act that way. But I think I think it's a mixed a mixed review. It's you know a little mixed bag. I think there's at least ten to twenty percent of the stadium throws in some booze. I I wouldn't uh, disagree with that. Now, who has a better game in between the twenty fives, Melvin Gordon or Chris? I think it's going to be tough for the Broncos to run the ball. Um, but in the end, I'll say Melvin Gordon. I think you uh, send Jer- or, uh, KJ Hamler on a couple of those uh, little run across oh, the field. The, up the, route. Route. <laughs> yeah, the toughest route he's ever seen. So I don't think Melvin Gordon necessarily has a great game. But I just think uh, you run that route and no one can cover it. Can't be covered. Might as well just throw it every play right at Chris Harris Jr. <laughs> It's the old blind spot route. Yep. Um, okay. So, so, so Ryan, you went dub as well. Yes. All right, Ryan, you got him at seven and three. Mason, I are at six and four. All right. <laughs> what a fun season. Now this is an extremely tough game, and it's Sunday, November 29th. And Mace, you said you always look around the holidays, so uh, there you go. You got a holiday home game. That's always we, nice. We got Thanksgiving home. We got after New Year's home and right after Christmas on the road. But I'm going to be optimistic and say, hey, L.A. around Christmas weekend is going to be fabulous. So I'm not complaining here. There you go. Yeah, and we'll talk about that in a second. But you got Carolina and L.A. late in the season. That's mm-hmm. uh, preferable. Okay. New Orleans at home. Man. This is one of those ones that I just think the Broncos take an L. I just think it's going to be a really tough game. I mean, for me, they're sitting here at 7-3. and three. Really big chance to, I think, establish themselves as a contender, especially with having lost that litmus test early in the season against the Chiefs. But I still think they're just maybe not quite ready to beat the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, this is a really, really tough game. But guys, I said that there's a game that the Broncos probably shouldn't win, that they will win, and it's going to be this one. And look at that. Drew Locke 
gets multiple wins against Hall of Fame quarterbacks potentially in this season. Well, actually, no, I had them losing, so scratch that. But he gets a win against the Hall of Fame quarterback here against the Saints. It's not one that they're supposed to win, but they pull it out, and Drew Locke outduels Drew Brees. You know, Drew of the year. There's something <laughs> interesting about this game from the Saints' perspective. Do you, you want to know who they played the week before? The Chiefs. No, they play Atlanta the week before and Atlanta the week after. Now, the oh. Falcons, they could be a good team. I mean, they're one of those teams that has a wide range of possible outcomes. But if the Falcons are in contention, and remember, they played well down the stretch last year, the Falcons are the Saints' biggest rival. So if the Falcons are good guys, this could be a donut game. Mm. I've never heard of a donut game until tonight. <laughs> I haven't either. <laughs> yeah, you it's know, making you my know, mouth water, though. But it makes sense, right? It's the hole in the middle. Oh. <laughs> and we always call that like a trap game. Type of thing. <laughs> call it that, you can call it that as well. But this donut game might be a jelly donut, donut filled of awesomeness for Drew Locke and the Denver Broncos pulling off the upset. I love the metaphor (laughs) attempt, but jelly donuts don't have a hole in the middle. (laughs) I know. I know. know. (laughs) Yeah. Aren't you hoping that the Broncos eat the little uh, donut hole in the middle? Yeah. Yeah. There there you go. (laughs) Okay. Um, So, so so you got them winning there, Mace. I'm going to have them winning. Yes. So that Mm -hmm. brings us all back to seven and four, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exciting. Okay. Uh, this one, I mean, I already said it. it's the toughest game on the schedule. It's at Kansas City, Arrowhead, Sunday Night Football, in the middle of the winter. It's it's the worst thing the schedule makers did to the Broncos this year, uh, and this one's an L. Unfortunately, Kansas City sweeps once again, which is just just sucks. Yeah, you know how I said that there's games that you're supposed to lose, but sometimes you win. Well, this isn't one of them. This is a game the Broncos are supposed to lose, and they're going to lose. Yeah, when I saw Kansas City in December on the road, my reaction was just, damn it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's just it's this, it's the scenario where the Broncos have simply not had all that much success over the years. Now, of course, they did get a win in December when Peyton Manning was the quarterback, and I actually believe that even uh, even Kyle Orton did get a December win at Arrowhead Stadium. But historically speaking, the Broncos guys going to Arrowhead in December, they've done they've gone there or gone to Kansas City in general, including Municipal Stadium, twenty three times, and they are three and twenty. Sadly, I think it's going to be three and twenty one. Yeah, yeah and, and you probably got to throw in there that this is the best Chiefs team, you know, along with right. last year's as well. So it makes it even tougher. Actually, let me take a couple off that because two of those games when they were still the Dallas Texans, as I'm looking at it right now while we're doing this show, but still, they're three. That's three and eighteen in Kansas City, three and twenty on the road in December against that franchise overall. Not a, does not augur well for the Broncos. No, and poor Drew Locke, you know he. Goes home last year, and it's in a blizzard. He goes home this year. It's Sunday night football in December when, you know, it's just not not exactly great. Okay. Wait, then- really quick, really quick, Ryan, before we move on. So we're, we're through 
three quarters of the season. You got the final quarter of the season coming up. We all have the Broncos sitting at seven and five. Obviously, they're in the playoff conversation, probably not in the division conversation right now, but certainly in the playoff conversation with four games left. This this will be the fun that we've deserved, that we need out over the past few years. It's the fun we need and we deserve, and also seven and five. 75. <laughs> there you go. 75% of the way through the season. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that's amazing. Okay, and the best part here is you have a great final quarter of the season, I think. At Carolina, home to Buffalo, at Chargers, uh, home to Raiders. That's a, you know, this is something we're going to look back at heading into week 14 here where we're saying, man, they have a really golden opportunity ahead of them to finish strong. Yeah. So they start the final quarter of the season by going to Carolina. Of course, the the Andrew Mason homecoming game that everyone's been talking about. Ah, yes. I'm gone to Carolina. Mm. In... No, no one else is going to join me? Well, no, but, uh, <laughs> the Panthers actually got James Taylor to sing a version of that song, changing the lyrics in honor of Derek Brown on their social media when they drafted him a couple wow. of weeks ago. Wow. Amazing. That I, is I mean, amazing. I, I guess, I mean, the equivalent would have been if the Broncos could, you know, could have gotten John Denver, but unfortunately he hasn't been with us for a long time. So I, I would say the equivalent would be the Broncos getting Zach Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm right here if they want to call. Okay. Uh, I think, this is a win um, and a really big one for the Broncos is they, they need this. They need to kick off this final quarter of the season strong. It is, of course, the dreaded 11 a.m. start on the East Coast. <laughs> but Drew Locke doesn't care. Broncos win. Yep, Drew Locke doesn't care. Christian McCaffrey's good, but Drew Locke plays a more important position. So the Broncos take care of business in this one as well. This is going to be an interesting game because the Panthers should have a very good defense. Their offense is questionable, but McCaffrey is capable of changing things on his own. Are the Broncos a little beat up after playing the Saints and the Chiefs in back-to-back weeks? There's always a surprise win. There's always a surprise loss in a Broncos season. Maybe this is the surprise L. I'm going to take the Panthers in the upset. Ooh. Man, so Mace is knocking them down to seven and six. And Mace, that is three straight losses for the Broncos. Uh, no, because I, ha- I had them beating the Saints. Oh, you're right. You did. You did. My bad. My bad. But at, at the same time, if they're seven and six, as they say in England, it's squeaky bum time. <laughs> <laughs> Do I need an exclamation on that or an explanation on that? Or should I just try to guess? You can just kind of think of things are getting a little tight. A little tight sphincter <laughs> here. Squeeze Every, the bum. <laughs> everybody's getting a little nervous right now. They're seven and six. They're on the edge. I thought you said leaky bum time, and I was gonna say, oh. wow, that's uh that's Ugh. juicy. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna just steer us back onto the tracks here. Uh, the Broncos follow that game up. So Real quick, uh, Zach and I both at eight and five, Mace at seven and six. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then the Broncos get their fourth primetime game of the season as they welcome in the Buffalo Bills in a game that could be flexed. Might be a Saturday night. Maybe it'll be a Sunday game. 
Um, but I, I'm calling my shot there that this one gets flexed to prime time because everyone just has to see this battle of two young quarterbacks that are uh, that are heading towards the playoffs. So the, it's we don't have a date on it yet, of course, because it's in that flex window. But uh, Broncos Bills Week 15. I've got the Broncos getting the dub. I don't like this game. This ba- this may be the game that I like the least in terms of being able to decide this one. If this was on the road, I'm giving the Broncos an L right here. At home, primetime, Drew Locke. Yep. Give give me give me Drew Locke just squeezing it out over Josh Allen. You know what? If this game is in prime time, the Broncos ought to feel good about themselves because of course they've got five games from which to choose. Same situation as last year with that Lions game that they end up shoving on Sunday afternoon because nobody wanted to see it outside of Denver and maybe a few Detroit fans. But I, I'm right there with you guys. If this were in Buffalo, this is an L. It's in Denver. The Bills, maybe they've got a little bit of breathing room over the Patriots. Maybe they slip up a little bit here looking ahead to the postseason. This has the makings of a Broncos win getting back to eight and six and and you guys did it the previous week i have it happening here the broncos ensuring that their streak of losing season stops at three. Ah, uh, yes and just a week ago they uh had covered the 7.5 win total at DraftKings sportsbook for mm-hmm. us now they've covered <laughs> it for you uh, everyone's cheersing at the DNVR bar as they cash in their bets. And, you know, it's all just hunky-dory everywhere. <laughs> and another reason to hope that this is Saturday night is, you know, you, we go cover the game. And then after we've chronicled it, we're back at the DNVR bar having a late night post-game podcast celebrating with the fans. Uh, I love yes. where your head's at. Some salt and vinegar wings, mm. a nice ice cold RK special right off the tap. Yes. Mm. Oh, you're killing me. Sounds great. All right. They move on to week 16. The first trip to assuming they uh, get that stadium finished, assuming, uh, you know, all of that. They make their first trip to SoFi Stadium to take on the Los Angeles Chargers. Mm. Mm. I, I can't do it. I can't do it. And I have Really no good reason why, but I'm giving the Broncos the L. It's pretty much because I don't like last week's game that much, and I think the Broncos end up splitting between the Bills uh, and and the Chargers in this game, and I'm just going to say they win the one at home. Uh, The Chargers' defense is really good, so maybe they just ball out. You know, the last two years the Broncos have gone into L.A. and won, They've played, I wouldn't say above their heads, but uh, they've surprised people going in there and getting those dubs. They've figured out the formula for winning in L.A. I think they do it again. They get that ninth win on Christmas weekend, clinch a winning season. Everybody's feeling pretty good. Broncos get a sweep of the Los Angeles Chargers. I hate that Zach did this because I thought I was going to be the one who just had a weird feeling about this game. And, and uh, you know, you're getting to the end of the season here. Uh, and the Broncos really should not lose this game. But for whatever reason, I think they drop it. Uh, and maybe Justin Herbert has a, you know, a special game, which he is capable of once in a while. Um, but I don't know why. I just I'm with you, Zach. I think there's some breaks go the wrong way and then they drop this one. 
And it just feels so wrong because it's the team that that does not have a home field advantage and won't for many years to come. But it just feels it feels like a weird game. I'm with you. I don't know why, but I'm with you. Well, one thing, and I just I don't want to get too far down the road of this, but is it possible that a limited capacity scenario with the Chargers basically limits it to season ticket holders in the stands if they say, okay, you can only have, say, one-third of your normal audience, and that means it's just season ticket holders, and the Chargers do actually have a home field advantage. I hate uh, thinking that way. We need a full stadium because that'll help the Broncos out, but who knows? Zach's cat really has some takes <laughs> on the schedule. Yeah, maybe, I think he's saying uh, that I, I shouldn't be picking the loss here, but I'm not going to listen to him. I'm sticking with the dub. I'm sticking I, with the I'm sticking with the Broncos knowing how to win in L.A. I thought that maybe uh, your cat was talking about that Carolina game, you know, pulling for a (laughs) Panther. (laughs) I do have Black Panther near my feet right now. Okay, that leads us all at nine and and six, right? Nine and six. The last game of the season. And there's a chance that the Broncos have the playoffs already locked up because of that seven playoff spot. But there's also a chance that everything depends on this last week of the season. And that's exactly the way you want it. Because you got a chance to make the playoffs. You've got Las Vegas at home. They are out of the race, I believe, at this point. And you've got a chance to jump into the playoffs, Zach. The fans really want you to call your cat. I can't. I can't do it because, uh, you know, if he was being cute, I would do it. But they're fighting and making that noise, and I I just can't give him the cute noise. That's fair. That's fair. All right. (laughs) Sunday, January 3rd, Broncos with a chance to make the playoffs with a win. And, boys, they get it. They beat the Las Vegas Raiders handily and feel great about themselves heading into the playoffs. I can't disagree with you at all, Ryan. At home against the Raiders, the crowd is going to be more pumped than we've ever seen. I'm predicting some snow after reading the Farmer's Almanac to get ready for this schedule release. It's going to happen on January 3rd, and Drew Locke is going to show that, hmm, no, he was just a rookie last year playing in the snow in, in Arrowhead. He can play in the snow, and the Broncos get the dub, which sends them to the playoffs the very next week. 10 and 6. I like it. I think it's a convincing win for the Denver Broncos to wrap up the season. It doesn't get them a division title. It does get them in the postseason. The seed, I'm not even going to guess what the seed is because I want to go through the whole schedule and figure out what everybody else does because I don't want to have one of those predictions where there are 290 wins over the course of the year and a bunch of teams are 9, 7, 10, 6. ESPN usually cranks one of those out, and I hate it. I want to actually go through the games, get a good feel on the on the wins and losses for everybody, and then I'll tell you what the seed is, but it's a playoff team. Well, should we Hallelujah. do that right now? Should we go yeah. through all 31 team schedules? Throwing it back. You know, we've, we've got all night to talk about this, and maybe the next few weeks, really, honestly. Um, yeah, you know, I think that this is a team that, you know, 10 and 6 – would be a fantastic season for the Broncos. A three-win improvement over last year and truly the payoff for the the drafts that John Elway has had over the last three years. I think this is a team that, you know, if they make the playoffs, pretty much the build, the silent rebuild is justified. Yep. Yep. And, and man, this would be so exciting. I mean, they, they could be the, the first wild card spot 
with this with this uh, ten and six record right here, I think the Broncos need to be a winning team this year for it to be a successful, good season. And they don't just become a winning team; they become a playoff team and a double-digit win team. And look how they close out the season. Uh, at least in my eyes, or actually, in, yeah, in my eyes, I had them going three and one to end the year. They're hot going into the playoffs. I have, yeah, I have them winning three in a row, closing the season, and winning five of the last seven. So yeah. five and two close, feeling pretty good about yourself going into postseason. You feel like you've got momentum in this scenario. You don't feel like you're backing in or you're stumbling over your feet getting in the playoffs. You feel like you've got confidence and a real shot to do some damage, especially if this defense is as good as I think we all think it's going to be because, as we all know, in the postseason, defense travels. It can win on the road. Absolutely. Uh, well, I want to let you guys know who are all tuning in right now. If you want to start getting some questions there in the comment section, we will answer them here in the last segment as we get ready to go. Uh, but before that, you know, the Broncos are primed and ready to go. And if you want to be primed and ready to go <laughs> when the time comes, make sure you get Manscaped. You got to get the Lawnmower 3.0, get everything nice and trimmed up. And, uh, and like I said, be primed and ready to go. And when you use the code DNVR20, you'll get 20% off your entire purchase plus free shipping. If you go ahead and get the perfect package 3.0, it's going to come with all sorts of fun solutions and great things for uh, keeping yourself fresh. I highly recommend it. You won't regret it. And man, the little bag it comes in. I mean, worth the price of admission alone, I have to say. So hit up Manscaped, code DNVR20. Oh, and speaking of perfect balls, if you want perfect balls, you got to check out the Denver Rubber Company because they will craft you whatever you want. I'm sure they can craft you the perfect circular balls made out of rubber, of course. And guys, they're an essential business open this entire time, serving several industries across our country during this crazy pandemic. They're, they're with the government, military defense, wind energy, food and beverage industries. They can do it all. If you have a product or a project, uh, there's nothing too small or too big for them to fill. So make sure to call them at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com slash DNVR. Guys are diehard sports fans, so make sure to give them a call and support them during this time because they're open for you. Hey, you guys, have you seen the odds for week one yet? No, but I know we are going to talk about it on tonight's DNVR Bets Daily. If you want to give me a little preview, go right for it. All right. Of course, our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook have the Broncos as one-and-a-half-point favorites. Monday Night Football Week 1 against the Tennessee Titans. Love yeah. it. I think the Titans just have to be furious about this game. The, the late start where they have to travel. They got to go play this up and coming team where the NFL probably thinks, ah, oh, the Broncos, it'll be a, it'll be a good game for the Titans. I think they got hosed with this one. Yeah. It's the Titans. What, <laughs> what fans do they have? I mean, they, they were supposed to get their fans when, uh, when Brady joined them. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, it's just, they're just the Titans. Like <laughs> the, the NFL isn't going to help them out. They didn't What did they earn? Nothing. You're right. All right. Let's get to some of these questions here. First one comes in from Dark Cronus 758. What is Drew's best game this season? And I'll double down on this and say, can't will it be better than his game against the Texans? 
Ooh, oh man, that Texans game was good. But you know what? He's got another year. He's got way more weapons. So yes, it's going to be better than that. He's going to be putting up four touchdowns. And man, when is this going to come? It's going to be a home game. I've got it. Tell me. Game of the year for Drew Locke, Sunday, October 18th at home to Miami. He just goes off and and puts up some crazy numbers. Yeah, I can definitely see that being the one. I'm going to go week 12. He doesn't beat Drew Brees because the defense shuts Drew Brees down. He beats Drew Brees because he goes out there and throws four touchdowns. And just really, uh, it's a high-scoring game, and Drew's the one that gets it done. I'm going to go against a defense that looks a little bit shaky, even though the team had some momentum late last year. I think he's going to go on the road in Atlanta and slice and dice up the Falcons and, yes, be even slightly better than he was against Houston last year because he's going to have no picks rather than the one he had against the Texans last December. All right. Like it. Uh, Next one here is from, of course, the other Ryan. He says, which games will the Broncos wear blue jerseys? Which games will they wear the color rush jerseys? Zach, as our resident big-time jersey guy, I'll let you answer. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm going to sit this one out, guys. <laughs> All right. Okay. I say they wear uh, blue jerseys to, when, when they are home to Kansas City. Um, so week seven, they go with the blue tops. And the color rush game... I will say will be the uh, December, late December game against the Buffalo Bills. Okay. I think they're going to gamble on Buffalo being a primetime game and that they're going to go for blue against the Bills. That's going to be one of the blue games. The other, I think it's unusual, but again, it's primetime. I think they're going to wear blue against Tennessee to start the season. And then the the color rush game will be Thanksgiving weekend against the New Orleans Saints. That's a better guess. Good job, Mason. And then what that invites the Saints to do is to wear that gorgeous white-on-white uniform that they bust out on some of the color rush nights. That is actually their best look, and that would be an amazing visual game, even with the orange pants. Completely agree. I'm actually – I'm not sitting this one out. I'm going to go color rush – at the Raiders just to give some pop of color in that black hole, kind of uh, just the big middle finger to the Raiders there. And Chiefs, I agree with you. That's when they're going to go blue at home against the Chiefs. All right. I'm, I lost my spot a little bit here looking for questions. So let's see if I can find one here. Uh, what game – does Vaughn get his 10th sack of the season? This is actually interesting because this will show what kind of year you think Vaughn is going to have sack-wise. I think it's going to come week 11 against the Chargers with Justin Herbert back there. He's not going to know what hit him. and uh, He gets all 10 that week? Maybe. Very well. So, And what? That's the, that's the 10th game of the season right there. Yep. I'm going to say week 12 against New Orleans. I'm going to go say that week as well and say that he finishes off a Drew Brees attempt at a comeback with a sack that forces a fumble from Drew Brees. Broncos recover, clinch the game to the delight of their home fans. So we're talking 15, 16 sacks for Vaughn. Yeah. All right. Uh, From our, uh, by the way, if that happens 
and Bradley Chubb chips in his, you know, necessary 12-13, you've got yourself a, a squad. Yes, you certainly do. All right, our guy, R.D. Dollywall. Which team is going to put 35 points on our team? I'll just go right out ahead and say no one does that. Oh, Vic holds it down? Yep. I think there's going to be a 42-41 to 41 game somewhere in here. And, I mean, don't you have to pick the Chiefs? Yes. It's obvious. Pick, yeah. I'll pick the first game against the Chiefs because, I mean, it's just going to be awful weather in Kansas City when they play them in Kansas City. I, I would true. actually – I think that as well. I think uh, the, the Broncos may be able to keep pace for a while. Maybe it's the kind of game that's like 38-31. to 31 and the Broncos fall. But All right. they show that they can hang. From Para, uh, he, he says, or she says, well, who is the biggest X factor for the Broncos to steal the win from the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football? Yeah, obviously we all picked that as a loss, but this goes into something that I might say just about any game you ask me who could be the X factor in this game. I'll probably say this guy's name. Number 13, K.J. Hamler. I think he is the X factor of the football team, period. you got to be kidding me. That's exactly who I was going to choose, especially in this game, because Travis Kelsey is a beast. But you can maybe do a couple of things to try to slow him down, even though the Broncos have tried many things and haven't been able to slow him down. But Tyreek Hill, I mean, when he's on, there's nothing you can do. That's what K.J. Hamler is going to be like for the Broncos. When he is on, when him and Drew Locke are clicking, there's nothing you can do. And how do you keep up with the Chiefs? Well, you got to be able to score quick if if they're scoring quick. And K.J. Hamler a guy that can do that. Teams that have success against the Chiefs are ones that can successfully play keep away by and large. Look at how the Colts beat them last season, for example. My X factor, if the Broncos can pull off the stunner over the Chiefs at Arrowhead, is Melvin Gordon. Mm, I love that. I like that. All right, what uh, this one from King LA. Well, it's kind of negative questions here. What's the most picks Drew will throw in a game this season? Yeah, this is really negative. I guess I'm, I'm going to go three. I says I say he has a, a bad game. And it's really two picks, but then he he tries to bring the team back and, and just throw on a ton at the end of the game and throws another one to see the I like game. It. Yeah, I wouldn't even be surprised if he has two three-pick games. It's a similar scenario, <laughs> trying to bring the team back. That's okay. If he has th- Look, if he has a couple of three-pick games and he ends up with 14 or 15 picks, but he has 30 touchdowns, fine, great, good, love it. Yep. Here we go. The opposite. Which team will Chubb have three sacks against? Ooh. I'm going to say that Miami game. I think that uh, Chubb gets off in that game. Ah, I'm I'm going to go. Ah, Chubb gets off in that game. I like I like that. Hey, oh, you called me out last time. Too early for that. <laughs> I thought I was going to speak about you guys. I'm going to go Jets on Thursday night football. I picked the Broncos to win that game, and I think a defense. The defense is a big reason why. All right. I'm, <laughs> you can't I'm gonna, get anything uh, by me. I'm going with Atlanta. For some reason, I think the Broncos are going to go to Atlanta and just drop the hammer on the Falcons. All right. I like that. Um, from Drome23, will Judge Judy – or actually, just Judy. I don't know why I said Judge. Uh, I don't like that. Will, will Judy <laughs> go over 1,000 yards this season? 
Mm, I think it's going to be close. I think he has a big opportunity to do so. I'm saying just under. I agree. He'll just miss. He'll he'll get around 900 yards. Good season. Very promising. Outstanding for a rookie, but not 1K. Let me ask you this then. Does Cortland Sutton go over 1,000? Oh, definitely. Yeah. No question. Yep. I'll follow that away for a bet that we'll be discussing on the daily bets. I mean, really, the risk for Cortland Sutton not going over 1K is injury. That's all. If he's healthy, he gets there. I think it's actually Jerry Judy stealing his catches. I think by the time the season starts, I may be picking Jerry Judy to just have the flat-out better season. I think so, too. All right. Uh... Which week will Denver media take national uh, will national media take notice of the Broncos? I think it's the lead up to week seven. I think when the Broncos are, what do we have them at four and two or something? Uh, yep, I, we all had them at four and two going into that game. Everyone's going to be talking about, oh my, is this the next great quarterback rivalry? And now, while the Broncos will lose that game, in my opinion, I think everyone's going to start noticing Drew Locke then. I think it'll start building around then, but the real blow-up will come after they upset the Saints and heading into Kansas City for that Sunday night football game. That week will be the Broncos' week in terms of national spotlight. Yeah, I mean, the the unfortunate thing is we all have them losing that game, which kind of sucks because we know that the national media loves to jump off a bandwagon (laughs) if you don't come through in those type of games. Yeah. All right, uh, what is the best or most enjoyable game to watch in the season? Are we going non-Chiefs? Because you think those are going to be enjoyable. I think they will. I think the one at home is going to be fun. I think it's going to be very fun. That one that one can be one of those 42-41 games in my mind. Um, so, I, I mean, I guess if we're keeping the Chiefs in there, I think it's going to be a fun one. Uh, but in terms of enjoyable, I'm saying they're going to lose the game. So, can't really go there. I, I think the Dolphins game will be the most enjoyable because they'll just t- kick their tail around the field and it'll be at home and everybody will feel good. Well, here think, we go. Go ahead, Zach. Oh, I was going to say, well, I'll go with the, the Saints because it's going to be one that you're supposed to lose and they're going to pull off the upset at home, beat your breeze, and boy, the, the people are going to be so amped about what this team can be. I say the Buffalo game because I think there's going to be really high stakes in terms of you know cementing yourself into the playoff race or finding yourself maybe on the outside looking in, I think they pull out, pull together a great win uh, and and you know get themselves in. All right, next one. Here we go from Broncos Europe. What up, guys? Sorry about the London game. We're really sad too. Uh, how many games will it take for Zach to correctly pronounce Albert Okuebunam and Natani Muti? Oh, I've got Natani Muti down, and I've also got uh, Drew's favorite tight end down as well, Albert Ochocinco. There you go. There you go. That is an, that is an approved pronunciation on this podcast. You are off the hook. I mean, that just let you off the hook. Zach. It really yeah. did. Like, are you going to send him a thank you letter? or? I think I need to send you a thank you letter. Yeah, all right. That's fine. I'll, I'll accept that. I'll accept that. Of course, he was letting all the announcers in college football off the hook the last three years because he was telling him, hey, you just call me Alberto. Don't have to <laughs> yeah. even try. It's true. All right. Uh, from Virginia Beach Broncos, 
which rookie gets a game ball this season? And I say multiple rookies get game balls this season. So I'll ask you guys, who gets the first one and when? Jerry Judy, because yep. I think he's going to connect with Drew Locke right away. Jerry Judy gets a game ball in week one against the Titans. <laughs> I love it. Mace? I can't disagree with that. I'll just throw a dark horse in there. Week three against Tampa Bay. If Justin Stranod has to play quite a bit with the way the Bucks are going to use those that complement of tight ends, and he makes a play on Gronk or makes a play on OJ Howard or Cameron Brait, and the Bucks win, that Vic Fangio looks at a moment like that and says, game ball, Justin Stranod. If Justin Stranod is getting a game ball week three, whew, man, that's going to mean good things. <laughs> All right, LDJ, our guy. He says, my question is, how do you see the Chargers beating us with that dreadful offensive line? Curious how they beat us. I, I don't know, LDJ. Uh, it just it just fluke it flukes happen, you know, a tip ball here, a fumble there, a kick return. This it, I, I can't tell you how it happens, but I, I just have a weird feeling about it. You know, the Broncos have had some teams that had dreadful offensive lines, but that were very good on the defensive side. And that's sort of the way the Chargers are looking going into this year. That D and how it's strong at all three levels and how it has the equation to rush and cover that D guarantees that they can only be but so bad. Their floor is probably 6 and 10. Yeah. Yeah, I and it it has nothing to do with their offensive line LDJ. It's just all about the defense. And they do get Hunter Henry back on the offensive side as well, which will help out whoever's at quarterback giving him a safety valve. Guys, I opened Pandora's box. I you know, when we record the podcast, there is a cap on the comments, but now they just keep coming and coming and coming. I, it's a little bit overwhelming, but RG Dollywell is dropping good ones. Yeah. What game is a for sure bet to place on DraftKings Sportsbook to win some money? Well, we only have one line right now, so that's really the only one we can give out. But I can tell you, the Broncos are going to cover that one and a half in week one. And so you can go ahead and make your money on that. Or you can head over to at DNVR underscore bets on Twitter. We dropped what I'm calling the holy trinity of Broncos props uh, on there. We talked about it on yesterday's DNVR Bets Daily. I think all of those are uh, are going to cash as well. So the, the money's out there. You just got to go make it. Yeah, the holy trinity is good. I also like week one and the Saints because I have a good feeling the Broncos will be underdogs in that game. So eat that up. And I'm going to say Miami. Even if the Broncos have a big number, I think they'll cover. Hmm. I like it. I like it. Like I said, I had just hoped two was not on the field for that one. All right. Then this is the last one from RD Dollywall, the MVP of the comment section here tonight. Are you guys going to bet Mace for a barbecue dinner against the Panthers? Free dinner bet. And that just reminds me, Zach, you owe me a pizza, <laughs> my guy. When is I my do. pizza coming? <laughs> I do, but maybe it has to happen before the start of the season. I think that's kind of like your hot pocket last year, which <laughs> technically didn't quite make it in. Maybe that'll be the pizza. Maybe it's coming, uh, you know, four minutes into the game. Fine. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm in for this barbecue bet. So what, am, what is it? I'm well. confused. Well, Mace picked the Panthers to win the game. So, Oh, yes. If, they, if the Broncos win, Mace has to buy us a barbecue dinner. <laughs> if if the Panthers win, then we get to split one barbecue dinner for Mace. <laughs> now, can, it. It, 
can it be local or are we going all the way and saying we want something shipped from North Carolina or Kansas City? That's the big question. Hmm. Does barbecue does it does it transfer well? Well, it depends. Like if I, I have ordered burnt ends from Jack Stack in Kansas oh City and had them delivered here, and they were amazing. Uh, Joe's Kansas City will deliver Z, the ingredients for the Z-Man sandwiches, oh. and then you basically kind of cook the the meat, and then you put it all together. And by by all accounts, it's almost as good as being right there at the original gas station restaurant there in Kansas City, Kansas. But since it's North Carolina, I would want to find a good barbecue restaurant from North Carolina that was shipping. So I might have to do some research. I mean, I know the places I go to around the state, but I got to find a good one that ships and uh, you know, maybe the pit up in Raleigh ships, maybe 12 bones uh, out in Asheville or Lexington barbecue over in Lexington. We'll find a way to make it happen. Well, if, if my, if I'm wrong, <laughs> maybe we can all just go to Carolina and like stay with the Mace family. <laughs> We would have what we would do if we we're going to do it right. We'd have to leave a couple of days early, make sure we get a barbecue dinner in on Friday night, and then we're going to do a little tour around the state. We're going to drive over to the Piedmont and we're going to get some Eastern North Carolina bar- barbecue. Then we're going to. Or- we're going to drive over to like us. Maybe we can go Raleigh or even a little further east than that over to Greenville. Then we'll come back over the Piedmont back to Lexington and then we'll have some Lexington style barbecue. I know that uh, I think Triad Bronco has, uh, has brought that up a few times and uh, you guys will, you, you guys will be in a meat coma. You will have the meat sweats. When all this is done. <laughs> I was going to say, are we biking this or how are we staying alive during this tour? Zach can only do one bite at East restaurant. <laughs> Oh man, I'm so in for this. I'm actually pretty mad that we talk we're talking about barbecue right now because 